Welcome to the Geek Speak Show. <laughs> People who get it, get it. This is the Geek Speak Show. Interviews with the movers and shakers in geek culture. This is Mark Zickby, writer, producer, and director of Space Command. Hey, this is Todd McFarlane, creator of Spawn, and one of the original founders of Image Comics. Hi, I'm Chris Hardwick. Geek is spoken here. They're listening. You're consuming. You're watching it with your ears. Oh, you just listen. The Geek Speak Show is powered by GeekTyrant.com, GameTyrant.com, MightyVille.com, Ramascreen.com, and Zergnet.com. Please make a note of it. Here are the hosts of The Geek Speak Show, Henry San Miguel and Rachel Roselli. <laughs> and this time, she really is here. Hey, Rachel. Ah, hey. Wait, who are you again? <laughs> hey, you know, stuff happens, and we all have to take care of it, and you know what? I'm glad to be back. Yeah, she is back. She's a whole year wiser, because she had a birthday and everything during, so happy yep. way belated birthday. Thank you, and I had to go deliver um, the first Star Wars stuff for my new little nephew's nursery, so it was a big deal. Again, why does she do this show? <laughs> Speaking of Star Wars, let's welcome it also. Welcome back, I should say. The last time you were on, it's like you guys are tied at the hip now. We had Drea, Letterman, Dion. She, they, you guys both comprised the uh, Team Wars and Rod Roddenberry. Now we're Team Team Trek. I was gonna say Trek Wars, but Team Trek. <laughs> that and we did. We left it in you guys' hands, and you voted. You emailed, and who won? Well, let's eh, let's not do Ewoks. Let's do this one. Pretend it's the uh, metal. <laughs> we won't treat you like Chewbacca. We'll actually give you one. Yeah. Both good. of you guys, congratulations. Like the listeners gave it to you. You guys win for Star Wars. Woo! That is right. Was anyone really surprised? I know. No. The forest <laughs> is strong with both of you, especially somebody who uses the dark side. Right, Drea? Oh. I First of all, I, I'm so happy to be back. I appreciate... Uh, chatting with you guys again and you know yeah it was a blast talking about Star Wars and Star Trek and you know I have to be honest it was a tough match but um, you know I had an awesome teammate and we did it we won that's right yeah well I gotta I mean I gotta say a lot of the emails they did say we both made good points uh, for all of them it was really it was really hard for them and by the way Rod he couldn't be on because he's uh, he's doing something pretty cool he told me what it was but I can't talk yet about it uh, but he did say to extend congratulations to both of you. And he said the same thing. Good points made by both. And maybe next time. That's what he said. So I don't know when the next time is going to be. Maybe here. Maybe at Comic-Con. We'll, we'll see. That's pretty cool, I think, Drea. Yeah, no, I'm, it's, it's uh, like I said, it was a blast. And if I can use this time as a shameless plug, um, you know, if anyone is going to Comic-Con, I will be there talking about the psychology of Star Trek versus Star Wars uh, Friday night at 730 uh, for a fun, engaging and uh, somewhat, I would say, somewhat geeky panel, right? Yeah, uh, a, little bit. a little bit. And um, I can say from personal experience that it's definitely worth going to see. So I... Definitely say everybody should be there. So we're calling it episode two, since this is a continuation of the battle that we had at WonderCon. Um, so if anyone's going to be there, you should definitely check it out. It, awesome. It, it's on, when did you say Friday? Friday. It is, yes, it is Friday at 7.30 p.m. Do you know the room number or not yet? I do know the room number. Um, I believe... Oh, boy. I think it's... I, I will get back to you on that. Um, I don't want to give out the wrong number because I'm using memory and... Uh, 
uh, haven't had all of my coffees yet. So, <laughs> so uh, I will get back to you on that. But um, it it is. Uh, I know that it's seven thirty to eight thirty on Friday night. Yeah, you guys. Well, can... and it'll be in the app or in the program anyway. So absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say that you guys can check that, or also have a link to your website. It'll probably you'll probably put it up on there and mm-hmm. tweet it out, right? I will do so. So since we have you here, it wasn't just to give you congratulations, although that was part of it. it I, I I told you about it, Drea. Um, when was it now? Like two, three weeks ago, when After Earth came out, uh, mm-hmm. there was an incident that happened right before it. Not, nothing bad. Well, depends on how you see it. Uh, so let me take a little break. When we come back, I'll tell you exactly what that was. And we'll get into that um, semi-series. We kind of covered on the on the show before, but not, not like this. But yeah, we're going to tackle it now. Yeah, so stay right there. You'll find out exactly what it was. The Geek Speak show will continue in a moment. Hello there. I'm Johnson Gaylord Longlacker V. Our subject today is one of an international epidemic. Female nerds, geeks, and freaks. Are they real? <laughs> no. Simply put, all females who enjoy comics, video games, and their geeky activities are what we call mm, fake geeks. Let's ogle our first example. I love to play video games, both old and new. I also love to find new geeky things to indulge myself in, from shows to comics. There's nothing better than finding new ways to involve myself in the geek community. What you see here is a typical fake geek. She wears shirts with geeky logos or images in order to get attention. She also talks a lot about video games because she wants to be viewed as one of the guys. (laughs) Here's our second example. I love comic books and I work in the comic book industry. I play video games, D&D, watch anime, cosplay, Basically, if it's geeky, I'm into it. (laughs) Another typical fake geek, trying to trick people into thinking she actually likes the things she says she does. You can tell she's lying because she's wearing a dress, come on. (laughs) Only a man could like stuff like that, sweetheart. Anyways, let's see these girls in a geeky environment. Oh, oh wait, what's this? They actually have costumes on. (laughs) I'm Black Canary, a powerful fighter with a deafening cry. And I'm Dark Phoenix, destroyer of planets. <sighs> the attention-loving girls are at it again, but this time with showy costumes. Clearly, they know nothing about the characters themselves and instead wear these for male attention. They wear these types of outfits in order to make men look at their bodies and take photographs. N- not of their faces, but of their posteriors and perky sets. They would never look at your blatantly inappropriate and dehumanizing pictures as sexual harassment because it's a public place. They dress that way because they're asking for it. It's an unfortunate phenomenon. Hapless girls searching for attention, faking interests that many men have in order to be seen as geeky, cunningly conning men into believing they actually love what they do. <laughs> Read or play. What can you do to help? First, shame every girl you see. Call her a whore. Bring them down whenever possible and challenge their geek cred because only then can women be shamed out of the huge sausage fest we set up for ourselves. Kaka, gentlemen, and keep fighting the good fight. I'll see you on the convention floor.
Now back to the Geek Speak Show. We are back on the Geek Speak Show in case you can't figure it out. Guess what we're going to talk about. Have Rachel back on here. Drea, welcome back to you guys. Thank you. We're going to talk about why that guy is single. <laughs> I think we know why. But that, by the way, that, that's a fake geek PSA, fake, of course, but uh, done by, uh, hey, listen, you can check out the YouTube page. They have a lot of little things like that uh, if, you, if you're into that. But go on there, hey, listen, the YouTube page, go, go on there, check some stuff out. Uh, but like I, like I said before the break, uh, Dre, I kind of told you about it um, a couple a couple weeks ago when it happened. And when I, we went to see After Earth. We, while we were waiting for the movie to start, there were a couple of girls sitting a few few seats from us. And the guys behind them, I heard them. I overheard them say, you know, you're just here because you're here for the Fresh Prince. And, you know, this movie doesn't have a cool Fresh Prince, Fresh Prince song to go with it. And, you know, I, I, I went and introduced myself because I realized they didn't know them at all. Wow. And, and, and uh, you know, I said, uh, and they were actually there. They're sci- not Will Smith fans, but they were sci-fi fans. And they were there. They're actually also um, M. Night Shyamalan fans, one of the few that are remaining, I guess. And they were actually there to see if he, if he could get his mojo back with After Earth. And he didn't. They haven't talked about that one. But that's a whole different thing. But that also got me thinking about a, an article you have on your website, Drea, where, you know, you start off by saying that you... you didn't want to take part in this because it's just been going on so long and really there's no point to it but you do get into make some pretty good points so i figured let's have you on and talk about it so uh, rachel i'm sure you've experienced some things drea so have you so if you want go ahead and share a few with with the listeners sure you know i i first am I'm, I'm still on the idea that you, that you were sitting there watching after earth. That's about where I stopped listening. Cause I'm like, why were you there? Um, no, but I think the, the story that it's you're for telling, the show. <laughs> no judgment, no judgment. Um, but, uh, you know, the story that you're telling is, um, I think is one that happens, you know, in different variations a lot, you know, that you were witnessing something that, those um, women were probably encountering on a routine basis, you know, not just, you know, I joke about the After Earth movie, but not just for that, but for other things that they may enjoy, like comic books or science fiction or geeky movies or what have you. And, um, you know, you're right. I, I tend to want to stay out of these debates because, you know, frankly, I don't like the F word. Um, fake. Uh, I I think that a lot of um female members of our community um, are, you know, this has been a topic that has been brought up a lot. And initially I just wanted to, to kind of keep a distance because it was so heated and because, um, and it was also very personal, you know, that I've had some experiences and I'd still been dealing with how to address that and, um, and how to internalize that and whether to share those experiences. But, um, but, you know, I just wanted to say that what, what you did and what you experienced there was was probably a very common thing for them. Um, and, you know, I, I do mention that there are a couple different ways that this, this goes about, you know, there are clearly, and Rachel can probably talk about this too, um, very obvious, um, comments or insults that are, uh, you know, incredibly inappropriate, incredibly sexist. I'm mm-hmm. actually in my article, I don't actually talk about those clear cut insults, demeaning, degrading things that, um, that we're told as women, I actually talk about something called microaggressions. Now, microaggressions are a little bit different because, um, microaggressions are seemingly harmless 
comments like sarcastic jokes and subtle, um, you know, non-physical exchanges, usually verbal statements that, um, that have, um, on the surface level, have humor to it, um, again, seem very subtle, seem very non-threatening, but, you know, have actually a very um, hostile, derogatory, and negative kind of insult embedded in it that the person who says that microaggression may not, um, may not really fully get or, or realize. So in my article, I talk about some examples that I've gotten. So for instance, something like, you know, a comment, you, sh- you sure know a lot about Batman for a girl, or you don't look like a geek, or, you know, are you here at Comic-Con because of your boyfriend or because of your brother? Um, a question I've gotten a lot is, you know, did your brother get you into comics? I don't even have a brother. You know, like, I don't even know what they're talking about. Um, And again, the folks that are asking these questions, and I also mentioned it could be either a male person or a female person, may not realize that actually what they're doing is very insulting. It can be distancing. It can actually, um, you know, the comments actually exclude, negate, and nullify our feelings and our experiences because it says, you know, you're not responsible for your entry into the geek world. Some male figure is. You're not you know, responsible for that. What's funny about that, too, is just this week, I, I went, um, E3 is going on in L.A., of course, as all of you probably know. Um, I went and met up with some friends that flew in for the, the show. And so we went out and, you know, got food and went and had drinks and whatever. And so I met um, a couple people with my friends. And immediately they start with the same thing that we get every time, Drea, which is, oh, really? Well, what do you know about this? Well, let me, let me test your knowledge, right? Um, and of course that's how we have to deal with things. So of course I passed the test. Of course. Um, and then we actually met up with, um, you know, a group here. I'm not going to name who they are, um, but a group that's at the show, um, that produces, you know, games or comics or whatever. Um, so the whole team was there and my friends and the people that I had just met, just like you're saying, inadvertently made comments as to, I was just there to be the pretty face. And Mm -hmm. it actually was was really like demeaning like mm-hmm. I, I I was there you know to be with friends to talk about these kinds of things and their jokes and comments that they thought were just funny you know made it be like I, I was just there to be somebody that could be in their picture or something right and I think you know and again folks who kind of make those jokes and and say these comments um, you know sometimes they're even complimenting us and saying like oh you're too pretty to be a geek or you know um, you you must be more popular or more social like you don't have time to read comic books and I think that you know they don't realize that the underlying message there is you don't belong to this community you're you know and some some implications are you're not a part of us you're intellectually inferior to us you're not one of us and I think one of the most harmful messages is you're not who you say you are you are Mm -hmm. inauthentic and I think that is the most damaging just psychologically speaking Beyond this whole geek debate, the most damaging thing you can do to someone is say, I do not believe you are who you say you are. You are inauthentic to me. And that is an extremely powerful and sort of, you know, I think that takes away from a person's self. It's extremely threatening. And for the first time in geek culture, and especially female geek culture, we are running into where there are females that are wearing the shirts and and having the logos on you know their bags or their cars or whatever um, for things from geek, geek culture, and they actually are not into it. 
so for example, I had, I had a friend that um, I saw, I don't know, a couple weeks ago and she had a Star Wars shirt on and I said, Oh my God, that's great. Where did you get it? Blah, blah, blah. And I started talking about it and she said, Oh no, no, I don't know anything about Star Wars. I just got this shirt. What? And so, and well, and this is, and I've seen this a few times. And this is the first time in history that that kind of thing is happening because it's so much more integrated into our culture and so much more right. accepted. So that's hurting it even more. Right. And I would say, you know, that is, that is something I also mentioned in the article that the two parties um, that are sort of involved in this microaggression, um, you know, concept are a little bit both at fault. And I admit fault on my end too, in that sometimes something will be said to me and I will, you know, sort of internalize that and, and just look for that, you know, negative aspect of it even when that person was, you know, really just trying to get to know me. Like you said, someone quizzed you. What if that's their way of actually just trying to get to know you? But because of everything you've experienced and having to be on the defense and having to prove yourself, Mm -hmm. your reaction was so much more, you know, maybe negative um, and maybe reactive, whereas maybe that person's uh, intention, you know, was just to get to know you. And I think that, you know, well, just the other day, um, when I was, um, you know, I went to see Superman and I saw, you know, of course, a ton of males with um, Superman shirts. I also saw a lot of women wearing Superman shirts. And I am guilty of this too. I thought, wait, how many of these, like, do they really, have they seen, you know, the Christopher Reeve um, Superman movies? And do they read the comics? And how much do they really know about Superman? And I actually fell into, you know, sort of the default way of thinking, because that's actually the culture we live in, that we are and, questioning them. And like the guy said, to have been in geek culture at, at this point, you know, in our late 20s, early 30s, whatever, middle-aged people, we've had to have been one of the guys. And so now right. our reaction is exactly that. Right. Like, like how, you know, I guess there's this sense of like, you have to prove, you know, I've had to prove, man, mm-hmm. I've had to prove my way. I've had to work hard to get here. So it's almost like this demand, like they better prove that they, you know, that they deserve to be here too. And it's, you know, as a, I think as a, as a subgroup for females in this community, we're, we're it's kind of a disservice to each other, right? The just right. perpetuating, questioning each other. Um, and so, you know, I talk about in my article how I, um, I'm guilty of it too, in that rather than kind of, you know, look more closely into individual situations and when I'm asked questions, you know, rather than kind of explore that person's intention, intentions, my default is to go to, you don't believe I'm a geek. You're quizzing me, you're questioning me. And sometimes I look for something and I find it and then I realize later on it was never there. Um, and I, that sounds vague. So I'll give an example. A couple of weekends ago, I was at a comic book shop, um, back in my hometown and I was in line, uh, buying, uh, this little, this little Batman, uh, action figure. And there was a young girl behind me and she asked me, is, are you buying that for your son? Are you buying that for your son? And I cannot explain to you how quickly I went from like a zero to a 10 on just Mm -hmm. feeling like completely irate about this. And I turned around and I said, I think the first thing I said was like, what? I didn't get your question. And she said, you know, is this for your son? Are you buying this for your son? Um, Now, the truth is I was actually buying it for a friend of mine, but I would, you know, it wouldn't be uncommon for me to buy that for myself. Right. 
Um, and I don't have a son. I don't have any children. So I just kind of stared at her like, why, why would you, why would that be your first question? And then I said the most rude thing. She was holding a, a stack of comic books and I said, are you buying that for, those for your son? And she was probably like, you know, 20, 22, if that, like she could have been a teenager. She was much younger. And she kind of looked at me like, that is a weird question to ask me. And she said, no, these, these are for me. And then I said, yeah, so this is, you know, this is not for my son. I don't have a son. And then, um, when I left the store, I realized, you know, and I was pretty pissed. I was just so, you know, feeling all those feelings, (laughs) like, like I just felt completely, um, you know, I felt like I was distanced and I felt like I wasn't validated. And this person did not believe that I would like Batman and all those things. And then later I realized, wait a minute, I was on the phone, like while I was like trolling this store, I got on the phone to ask, um, a mutual friend, like what this friend likes, is it Batman? Is it Wolverine? Like they don't have Wolverine. So would Batman suffice? And I realized that she was, she was like nearby within earshot and she probably heard me say, and it was a male person. It was like, you know, does, does Bobby like Batman or Wolverine? And so, you know, looking at the evidence there, it is probably more likely that I was buying this for some kid and maybe that kid was my son and I named a male person on that phone call. So I just felt so horrible later. I thought, man, I practically bit her head off because she asked me about (laughs) my imagined son like doesn't exist. And then I realized she was just putting all the pieces together. She was putting all the evidence together and jumped from, oh, you know, she got on the phone. She asked about this, this, you know, potential male person who, who, you know, wants this action figure. And then, um, you know, I, I think the worst part of this story is that it dawned on me that here she was a young girl in a comic book shop trying to kind of connect with another, another girl, trying to connect mm-hmm. with another female fan, reached out there, started up a conversation and I totally shut it down. I was like, don't talk to me. This isn't for my son. I don't have a son. Is that for your son? Totally went off on her. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that is, that is reminiscent of the experiences that, you know, that I've had in comic book shops where I try to connect with others and make friends and I fail miserably. And so I just thought, I just, I just keep perpetuating this same stereotype and the same experience that we can't, uh, we don't belong here. We don't have a place here because this is how, you know, we're being treated. Yeah, but you know what? Honestly, I think that's kind of built in, especially if you're a, a fangirl, because I'm not going to ask you to how old you are, although, Rachel, I do know how old you are. But me, I'm in my 40s, and Star Wars and Star Trek and Spider-Man comic books, if I if I wore a T-shirt like, like what I'm wearing right now, my Superman, my Man of Steel T-shirt, I would be, I was called the weird kid. I was the outcast. So, you know, even now that, you know, it's accepted and it's the cool thing to do, we it's kind of a you know too good to be true kind of thing and and, and those defense mechanisms are built in you know when, when people ask you something you right away uh no that's not a superman comic book i'm actually just uh fanning myself with it, it, it so it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of built in and that, that's probably whether it was or not uh, only you can answer that that's probably what you experienced and the girl too drea uh, you mean in the sense of like uh, it, I had to I had to earn my way in here and, I, and then I'm defensive about that or no I mean I mean that it, it, that, that it's a reaction that we've had to have our whole life and yeah. so for the first time like I said because things are changing now we're realizing that that that's maybe not the right approach or well I'll say I'll say it in our language as soon as anybody says anything our shields go up yes 
Absolutely. And I think this goes back to what I said about microaggressions, that because I'm fielding these microaggressions all the time, somebody comes in with actually a nice question or comment or just wanting to get to know me and that shield goes up because I, that's what I'm used to. And I don't realize that, you know what, she actually had a pretty rational question. Because, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, and like you said, you know, looking at, at 2020, yeah, she di- she probably did overhear you asking about, oh, does you know so and so like this or that? Because I've right. seen you know some people like like that. Uh, they're probably moms or an aunt or a cousin, and they do call and you know, what should I get him the X Men? Should I get him this? Mm-hmm. And and you can tell you know it's somebody's mom, somebody's aunt. So you don't really say too much. But when it's someone you know from our generation or younger even, especially if it's if it's a girl, then. You, you can't help but start thinking that nah, she's not really into it. She, well, she's only and, because of this. Right. She's right. validated because in in my personal experience, every time I go to Toys R Us or, you know, a place that has those kinds of things, which is often, and I buy an action figure or whatever it is, every single time I get asked, oh, you need a gift receipt, right? Right. Right. Every, and every that's, time. So, and that's, that's exactly where I went when she asked me that. Yeah. I, I just, I kid you not, like my, I felt heated. Like I, I felt so <laughs> defensive and pissed. And then, and that's why I felt so bad later because I thought, oh my gosh, this poor girl like didn't see it coming. She was asking me a pretty legitimate question and I totally bit her head off. And, um, and you know, who knows, you know, maybe it, maybe it meant nothing to her. Maybe she just sort of moved on, but I just feel awful if that moment confirmed for her, you know, see, I like these things. I'm in a comic book shop. I want to share my experience and like, you know, I, I want to connect with other female friends and I can't do that. You know, it, I, I fail at this because, you know, may, I feel alone or I, I don't feel validated or there are not enough of us in this community. And that wasn't the case. I mean, if she would have if I would have reacted differently and, and, you know, told her, no, it's a gift and asked her about her comic books. I mean, we could have actually had a decent conversation, but I didn't allow that to happen. And I think that's truly unfortunate. And something, you know, that I always want to emphasize too, is that it isn't always, um, males. It's not always guys that, um, can, you know, make us feel this way. It's, it's also other women in our community, it's, I do it sometimes and I don't, I don't really mean to, but again, it's, it's this bad, bad habit. Yeah. It's part, like I said, it's part of the, part of that, the shields go up thing. But also I do have to say that since it is accepted today, there are real fake, not just girls, but also just fake geeks. There's people that just jump on the bandwagon just because it's mm. a cool thing to do. So we got to be careful with that. For matter of fact, Rachel and I were just talking about that in, in our industry in broadcasting, there, we're now a genre. We're classified as the the fanboy genre. So mm-hmm. expect to hear a lot of these shows, like the Geek Speak show, coming to your radios, your TV shows. But a lot of them will not be the Chris Hardwicks or the Rachels right. or the myself. There, are, there are people who are just reading cue cards. So th- there is such a thing as, as yeah, not that you're going to be mean about it, but there is such a thing as calling them out on it. Like if it, it, I think we talked about it during the uh, the Trek versus War show. That I know both. I know what a you know the warp nasal is, and I know what the Hans blood stripes mean, the Corellian blood stripes. Mm-hmm. Th- those people who are just doing it because it's cool, they they don't know that. So you do right. need to be you need do need to be careful who you're talking to because some people may just be trying to get information from you, and they, and, and they end up just laughing at you really because you actually know this stuff. Um, right. And, and, and 
You know, I, I would say I actually do believe in imposters. You know, I'm not one of those people that says, you know, every, just like uh, Rachel's saying, you know, sometimes she has conversations with women and, and they're just wearing that shirt. They don't know anything about that comic book or that science fiction story. And, um, you know, I, I did, I, I do explore the notions of why an imposter is so threatening to us as, you know, a, as legitimate, authentic geek girls. And, um, and I think it, it happens because we have this false sense of, uh, I call it limited resources. Like we think that there's only so much of geekery that we can get. And that if we have imposters, they are sort of claiming a part of that pot, you know, um, well, and, and I, I feel like they're discrediting. I think that's the biggest. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with that too, that what if they're, you know, in this community and they're, um, claiming to be just like us and then what they represent or what they do is, um, you know, is actually perceived as an authentic and then that, you know, that can look bad for us. Right. So I, I do think, you know, and there's this sort of resentment against that, and, um, you know, again, this idea that, you know, we worked very hard to get here and you just sort of, you know, prance on up and, and, and here you go, you know, now that it's mainstream, it comes for free. And I think that, that notion, I think it's kind of delusional, you know, like this is sort of a created, imagined mm. thing. But I do think that that feeling of resentment and that feeling of, of being discredited, I think those feelings are very real. And that's why we get so heated when the imposters, if you want to call that, you know, are, are sort of uh, in, in our community. See, now I wanted you all to hear this from actual geek girls. They're, they're the real thing. Rachel, Andrea, they're the real thing. And I would, obviously I would say stop. That's not going to do it, but I'll say stop it. You just have to stop. It's hard enough as <laughs> it is. Just stop it. And, you know, not, not tuning my own horn here, but kind of. Be like me. I mean, I can honestly say this show wasn't as good as it is now until I brought in Rachel. And you guys remember Ariel and Louise and all the, the real geek girls. That's when it really sounded good. And I didn't bring them on just because they were girls. They brought Because they were girls and because they know their stuff. Sometimes, and even Rachel, she knows it a little bit better than I do even. So they're real. They're out there. Stop hating and it's, like I said, it's hard enough as it is. Just, just, just let. Can we all just get along? <laughs> I know, and and it's it's so it's so tough because some of some of the worst insults and some of the most, um, I would say, like uh, hurtful bullying, and, and um, you know, and attacks are actually from you know from other geeks within our community, whether male or female, and so it's sort of it, it just doesn't make sense. Um, so I totally agree with you that you know we've just got to be aware. And that's why I talk about microaggressions, right? Because I do it too. I fall into that trap. Um, I say something. I don't realize that, um, you know, the intent is different than the impact. And that's, you know, mm -hmm. psychologists call that the intent impact model, that the intention might be good, but the impact might be incredibly different than that. And so, you know, I totally agree that being aware of those different pitfalls and those, you know, sort of different stereotypes and you're just kind of being, you know, being conscious of what, what the reaction and what the you know, the consequence might be if you make that joke or if you ask that question or if you want to quiz somebody. And I would even say as, as someone who's been a recipient of those things, um, I've got to stop being exclusive as well. In other words, you know, I, I have to acknowledge that 
you know, I shouldn't expect other geek girls to know just as much as I do about Star Wars, because guess what? I, you know, I have limited knowledge about Star Trek. I have limited knowledge about Lord of the Rings. I have limited knowledge about Doctor Who. And I think that that's kind of something that people also expect is that once you say you're a geek, you suddenly are the encyclopedia of like every single geek genre. And it's such a hard weight on your shoulders and um, completely impossible. Like I know a lot of people that know a lot of stuff about comics or a lot of stuff about science fiction or Star Wars, but it's very difficult to find just, you know, one person who's the encyclopedia of everything geek. And, um, and I, you know, and I think it's sort of mean to expect that if someone identifies as a geek, that they have to know everything, all the minutia of all the different geek genres. See, that, that's the beauty of, be, of being a geek. And again, because we're talking about the fake geek girl. Now, I've had this conversation sort of in, in a way with a, with a Chris Hardwick, who's the nerdist. Mm-hmm. And he says nerd and geek are the same thing. We had a show like this our first year. You know, what's the difference between a geek and a nerd? And, you know, pretty much everybody agrees that being a geek, and I'll say also a nerd, but being a geek especially means that you have passion over whatever it is, whether it's Star Wars, comic books, a shirt, even whatever it is that you're passionate about. it. When you find yourself defending it, that's what makes you a geek. The other big thing about being a geek is you're accepting of anything and everyone. So, again, stop it. And, by the way, another plug for you, Drea, go to, if you have it on the link section, go to our website. You can read that whole um, discussion on, on the fake geek girl on that. Um, didn't mean to, to get into it so, so much, uh, but but it's something that, that, that did need, we did need to talk about it seriously here on the show. Now that I have real geek girls here, I figured, why not? So there you go. Um, one more time, Drea, you said you, you're a Star Trek with Star Wars panel is coming to Comic-Con. So tell us when that's happening. Yes, it's uh, the Friday of Comic-Con from 7.30 to 8.30. So be there. Rachel, I'm sure you're going to be there for that also. me, I'm That's not, right. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to cover Comic-Con or not, but like I said, Rachel will be there. I think Mark Doris is probably going to be there also, so they'll definitely be in the audience for that, yelling out Rachel yelling out her answers also. <laughs> and this time we're hoping to, ca- to take questions from the audience, so you know, bring it. We're ready for that. It's yeah. going to be awesome. Yeah, so Drea, let him know. You guys can follow her at Arkham Asylum Doc on Twitter. Rachel, you can follow her right here on the Geek Speak Show. So we'll be right back to finish up the show. Stay right there. The Geek Speak Show will be right back. Comics Commentary with Mark Doris on the Geek Speak Show. Peter Parker has a sister. No, we're not talking about Jessica Drew from the Clone Saga. We're talking about an actual biological sister that has not made an appearance within the Spider-Man mythos as of yet. We'll have to wait a little while to find more information about said character, roughly April 2014, when she'll be introduced in Spider-Man Family Business, an original graphic novel by the team who brought you Superior Spider-Man, which of course are the Eisner Award-winning writers James Robinson and Mark Wade. It'll be interesting to see whether she plays a good character or a bad character as not much is known at this time, but here shortly we'll probably we have more information to reveal, or maybe we'll have to wait until April 2014. Not quite sure, but all we know is we're excited to see what happens when we bring in a brand new character that could change the mythos of Spider-Man altogether. June 19th is the week of the 21s for the New 52, featuring issues from Animal Man, Green Lantern, New Guardians, Batman and Batgirl, Wonder Woman, Batwoman, Birds of Prey, Legion of Superheroes, Red Hood and the Outlaws, Supergirl, Wonder Woman, all getting their number 21 issues. In addition to single single copy issues, we also have Teen Titan Volume 2, the culling graphic novel, about $17, 192 pages of Teen Titan 
Titans 8 through 14, and DC Universe Presents number 12. We also have Batgirl, Robin, Year One. 25 bucks will get you 424 pages featuring issues of Batgirl, Year One, 1 through 9, and Robin, Year One, number 1 through 4. We also got The Fury of Firestorm, The Nuclear Men, Volume 2, The Firestorm Protocols. Features issues from number 7 to 12 of Firestorm for 15 bucks. Of course, prices will vary depending on where you're at and how much your uh, local comic shop wants to charge you. Page count sitting at 160. And, of course, we've got Justice League of America's number five, rounding out our DC comics for the week. That's it for this week's comic commentary. Until next time, Excelsior! It's time for the Geek Speak Show Book Club. <gasps> our books are graphic novels. Tell us what your favorites are. Books at thegeekspeakshow.com. Not graphic novels. We both actually have books with pages and words and paragraphs and apostrophes and everything else in them. So you go and first. minimal pictures. Yes, Rachel. Well, the cool picture on mine on the cover. But what do you have <laughs> for this week? Okay, so I got a recommendation, um, and this one is called Spinward Fringe uh, Broadcast Zero Origins, um, and this is this is kind of the. Uh, I think it's a three-part series that is the origins of this Spinward Fringe um, series. And it's like a space opera. So I know you like those kinds of things. Yeah, I think um, you like another one called Star Wars or something. You know, it's right up our alley. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this one has um, a space station kind of set out in the far reaches of space. Um, and there's a few humans left. Uh, that are using this station kind of as a, a base to make a difference in their part of the galaxy. Um, and, of course, uh, their, their identities are trying to hide. They're, they're trying to go unnoticed, and, of course, that never works. And there's a, a captain, a Jonas Valant, um, and, of course, he's trying to uh, keep his ship and hide from uh, some kind of alliance and all of this. So it's, it's got all the elements that we like. Um, and if you like the origins, there's more after that. So but you wait, can keep reading. There's more. Exactly. Well, you got um, me. It's available like on every e-reader possible. So yeah, you should download that. Well, at least you didn't make fun of me this time. I was saying, hey, you got one of those ebook things? He said, yes, it's mm-hmm. called an iPad. Welcome to the <laughs> 21st century. It's like, okay, we don't need the attitude. Not everybody has one of those i things. Well, um, everyone but you. Okay. Okay. So all of you have i things except for me. <laughs> I, I have a genius phone at least. Uh, I, I did that much, and that's because of you. But I know. Here's the book that I have. I actually, confession to make. I actually, uh, I was gonna say stole, but actually borrowed is the right word from my son, because you know he's home from from school like every other kid now. So he goes right. to the library and and like a good geek kid gets twenty books and he reads them by that afternoon. Aww. I used this to one, do that. This one, see, just like a real geek. This one is actually pretty cool. It's called How to Be a Zombie by Serena Valentino. And it's written as, uh, let's say you were bitten and you became a zombie. This is a handbook on how to behave like a zombie. Uh, Wait, it, it, if, if you got bitten and you got turned into a zombie, would you really read the book? Well, let's pretend, yes, we would. How to, <laughs> how to Be a Zombie, the essential guide for anyone who craves brains. Yeah, I'll read you some of the chapters. Uh, the, like, you know, what is your zombie archetype? Archetype? How do you say that word? Archetype. I've always said archetype. I've heard some people say archetype. Uh, know your zombies. How zombification happens. Anatomy of a zombie. Zombie day planner. Tasty human brains. The hunt is on. Now, when you, now I've, I've read this a couple of times. Like I said, it's pretty cool. The hunt is on isn't what you actually, what you think it would be. It's actually how to hide when people start hunting you. 
So oh. think of this kind of kind of like Max Brooks's uh, book, How to Survive the Zombie Apocalypse, but in reverse for the other side. So again, it's called That's kind uh, of it's, yeah, it's called How to Be a Zombie by Serena, Serena Valentino. It's pretty cool. I think it's for younger readers. Um, I think it's for younger readers. He he, he always but you know. He's the exception again because he's look who his, who his dad is. He reads. He's ten years old, but he reads books like Lord of the Rings and all things like that. Um, but you, you guys will like it, especially those of you who are big fans of anything undead and AMC. He's The Walking Dead and the comic book and everything. So again, How to Be a Zombie. That's my book. I'll put them up on the link section. You guys have noticed, by the way, I took out the book club section only because it was getting too packed. There was too many things in there. So I'm going to keep, I'm going to put them in, in the guest link section. The books that we pick will be there also. Um, and plus also, cause we're going to have, we're going to be talking to a lot of the authors. So their links will be on there all also. And yes, do keep sending me. I know I keep saying that every week. Do keep sending me your, uh, what do you call it? I request like we're a music station now. <laughs> hey, we play the hits all the time here on the book club. No, send me your books. Um, uh, and, and yes, I, I, it's what two years now going on talking about yeah we're gonna have ready player one we're gonna have ernie klein uh, i have talked to him he has something special coming up with ready player one he may come on to talk about that so uh that's the book club we send us your things books at the geekspeakshow.com and we'll talk about them next week that's the geekspeak show book club tell us what your favorite books or graphic novels are books at the geekspeakshow.com promise really we will sometime this millennium so yeah. that's the show um kind of appropriate actually that i picked uh, how to be a zombie because you know again this weekend is uh, world war z although it has really I, I know. nothing to do with the book those of you who have read it um talked to Ma- uh, max brooks when was it? a couple years ago at, at WonderCon. it was the last time i was here in san francisco um just ran into him you know cause that's what that's what we love about comic cons and wonder cons you just never know who you're gonna run into literally uh but he he said uh, he's kind of taking himself away from it because it, it it has the title World War Z, but it doesn't really have anything to do with the book. And those of you who have read the book, who own, who own the book, and you've seen the trailers, you know it doesn't look anything like what's in the book. But it's okay. It does look like a good movie. There have been some um, sneak previews. I haven't been a part of it this time. I, I, I decided to do Star Trek and not do the other ones. Um, which is understandable. Which is, uh, I regret, actually. I should have just done World <laughs> War Z instead. <laughs> No, not over it yet, but I will get over it eventually, like 12 years from now. Um, or maybe three years from now when J.J. redoes Return of the Jedi or Empire Strikes Back, but we won't touch uh, that. Uh, uh, what am I going to say? Oh, next week, a um, couple of cool things going on. One is you and I, the reason reason why, especially you, why you, you're a co-host on this show is because you don't watch those reality shows. Whose reality no. is it? I don't watch them either. We make fun of them all the time. <laughs> Next week, for the first time ever uh, in the history of Geek Speak Show, for the first time ever, we're actually going to talk to a contestant that was not not just on a reality show, but the reality show on Survivor. Uh, don't ask me what season he, it was because I don't know what season they're on. But he he's actually a comic book artist also before he went oh, to the okay. island. I was wondering where you were going with this. So and, and you know, comics are right up our alley here on the Geek Speak Show. He actually drew he drew and wrote a comic called uh, what is it? It's over here, starving starving for attention, and it's all about reality shows and what really goes on behind the scenes in comic book form. So he'll come on next week and tell us all about what actually goes on and about his comic book and where you can get that. I, I warned him, and I'm sure you will too, Rachel. I warned him. We'll talk about the comics because, like I said, that's, that's what we talk about here. But we may call you dumb <laughs> for being on a reality show. Oh, that's cool. That's fine. I, 
Uh, I don't I don't mind. Um, he can call us geeks and we'll call him dumb. <laughs> yeah, and, and June is coming to an end again. Really, month went really fast. July is coming up. A lot of things are coming up in July. I think there's something happening in San Diego. I'm not sure. I got to check my calendar on that you one. Know. I think you know something about that too. Um, it's a possibility. They're they're not sure yet. Yeah, there's so that'll be <laughs> happening for sure. Uh, there's some other things happening here in the San Francisco Bay Area. You, you remember Joe Field only mm-hmm. started Free Comic Book Day and has one of the the coolest comic book stores here in the Bay Area. They're going to be celebrating their anniversary, and they're also going to be doing for people who who aren't able to go to that thing in San Diego. Though for those who can't go, remember last year we did the uh, the the Hulk Smash Brownie Day. Yes. And I, I'll promise I'll save you some, but I can't promise that they'll get to you because I'll probably eat them on the way home. <laughs> but uh, we're going to be there again. We'll film it. They're going to they're gonna do that. The, the, the week leading up to uh, Comic-Con, that thing in San Diego, Comic-Con. Uh, and again, it's for the people who can't attend Comic-Con. We'll, we'll make our own Comic-Con over here at, at Flying Color. So we'll talk to Joe about that. Uh, we're also going to have another friend of mine, cool dude. Uh, he's a little nerdy. Uh, he's got a million shows all over the Internet everywhere. Chris Hardwick, he's doing you'll like this one, Course of the Force, Part Two, and they're actually yes. it's pretty it's pretty cool this year. We're going to talk about that, but it's pretty cool because this time they're going to start at Skywalker Ranch, and they're going to go from Skywalker Ranch all the way to San Diego, leading up to you know previewing at uh, San Diego Comic Con. So Chris will he said yes he he's a uh, pretty busy he doesn't have time for lunch or for anything but but he said yeah no for you guys I'll make time because I, I like the show and so he'll come on we'll talk about Course of the Force we'll talk about uh. Since we have him here for an hour, maybe uh, we'll talk about Course of the Force. We'll talk about what's coming up with the Nerd and the Nerdist YouTube channel. We'll talk about the Nerdist show on BBC America coming up on the second season. We'll talk about, uh, well, I can't, well, I can kind of do the voice. AMC is The Walking Dead, The Talking Dead afterwards. Uh, that one doesn't have a, a voice thing, but we can talk about that. We'll talk about all things that are coming up. Um, and he may have a couple of surprises. He told me what they are. I'm not going to say it yet. I'll, let, I'll leave it up to him to tell you guys what those surprises are. So that's Ooh. coming up in a couple of weeks in the month of July. Um, next week, like I said, we're going to have we're going to talk for the first time ever. I'm kind of interested how you're going to handle that. We're going to talk about reality shows. Yes. <laughs> I never thought I'd hear me say that. We're going to talk about reality shows. I here. know. My face is like, uh... <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 such a shock. We don't even know what to say. Left us speechless for once in the history of Geek Speak. But that's what we'll do next week. So as we always say, Rachel, you take it this time. Tune in next week where we will speak more geek. Henry and the gang will return next week with an all new episode. The Geek Speak show is powered by GeekTyrant.com, MightyVille.com, Ramasscreen.com, ZergNet.com, and Collider.com. Make sure you're subscribed on iTunes. Follow them on Twitter at GeekSpeakShow1. Become a fan on Facebook and watch event coverage on YouTube slash GeekSpeak videos. See you next week. Cheerio. The GeekSpeak Show.